Alright, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, this is episode 21, and today we'll be looking at the November 20th editions of both Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro. This week's edition of Monday Night Raw drew a 2.3 rating, and this week's edition of Monday Nitro drew a 2.5, winning the head-to-head battle. Uh, the Nitro show is the go-home to World War III pay-per-view with the 60-man three-ring battle royal for the vacant WCW heavyweight title, and Raw is the night after Survivor Series 1995, which saw Diesel defend his World Heavyweight Championship up against Bret the Hitman Hart. As always, the coin was flipped, and we've landed on Nitro first, so without any further ado, let's head over and see what WCW served, off, served up even on this day back in 95. This week's episode of Nitro starts with the commentary team of Eric Bischoff, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Steve Mongo McMichael giving us a rundown as what's to come on the show and Pepe and Mongo are matching in cow print outfits this week so an interesting choice there. They focus mostly on the main event to come which is going to be Sting versus Hulk Hogan in their first ever WCW meeting and once they've hyped that a little bit we go to our first match. That being Scott the Flash Norton up against the Shark in what the announcer tells us is a special rematch. Not sure what's so special about it, but we're about to find out. Scott Norton goes to come out first, um, gets about halfway down the ramp, and Sharks, having none of it, runs out behind him and attacks, and they go to a little bit of a brawl on the outside. Uh, Once we get inside the ring, the Shark hits a nice-looking belly-to-belly suplex, followed by an elbow drop. Mongo's on form early with the commentary when he says to us, I hope they reinforce this match tonight. Uh, I think you want them to reinforce the ring, but we'll let that one slide, hey? Next up, we have an avalanche by the former avalanche, so this match is still going strong here, and Scott Norton then begins to no-sell some punches and gets back on the offense. Eric Bischoff tells us all to call the hotline to see which WCW stars are no longer with the company. Ah, that seems a little bit harsh, but okay. And Scott Norton hits a nice-looking power slam on Shark and gets a surprise quick three count. Um, Not much of a match here. It's a pretty dull opener, but at least it was quick. We then go to a World War III ad. Um, this is the go-home Nitro for World War III, so they're hyping it pretty heavily here. Before coming back from commercial, and we've got Gene with Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Hart on the ramp. Jimmy Hart's trying to make Sting jealous of the Macho Man-Hulk Hogan relationship, which is a little bit of a weird way to go about it, um, and tries to fire up Sting, saying how he hopes he takes it to Hulk Hogan. Kevin Sullivan says there's strength in numbers, and that means the Dungeon of Doom are going to walk away from World War III with a title. And then Gene signs off with a line, getting worse and worse week by week, where he says, thank you very much from two of the biggest pieces of human garbage I've ever met. While they're stood right next to him, I seriously don't understand why someone doesn't twat him one by now. Um, we then throw to what's going to be our next match, but we're given the usual disco uh, inferno interruption where he comes out onto the ramp and dances a little bit before Eddie Guerrero sort of chases him off coming out for his entrance for his big match with Ric Flair. Flair comes out dressed in street clothes with Brian Pillman by his side. Flair gets on the mic and says that he's too focused on Sting for this match, so Brian Pillman's going to take his place and take over, uh, which seems to piss off Guerrero and the commentary team, but it seems to be okay and it stands. Uh, Pillman then takes off his red jacket and uses it sort of like a um, bullfighter would uh, against Eddie Guerrero who stands there looking pretty pissed off. 
As they're about to lock up and start the action, Eric kindly tells us that Raw's at a commercial break, so don't bother swapping over there. Um, and we get a nice reversal of a head scissors, followed by a drop kick and some chops by Eddie. And then a really big accordion style fold up back suplex, which was really cool as well. Uh, he heads up to the top rope and comes flying off, but Pillman catches him with a drop kick for a two count, then begins to sort of smack around Eddie and bite him on the mat. Uh, before looking into the camera and saying what I think was I love you mum. So Pillman's definitely heading down that loose cannon route now. Guerrero comes out of nowhere with a roll up for a two count, then hits Pillman with a backdrop for another two count, a suplex for another two count, and a power slam for a final two count of the sequence. Eddie Guerrero takes Pillman down with a double leg takedown and some punches before Brian Pillman reverses a suplex, throwing Eddie over the ropes to the floor. Comes for a dive off the apron but misses and hits the guardrail. Eddie then jumps back in the ring, goes up to the top turnbuckle and flies from the post into the aisle on Pillman with a really nice looking dive, which got a pretty good pop from the crowd as well. Inside the ring, Guerrero hits a sick looking brain buster, goes up top but Pillman crushes him on the ropes. Uh, goes up to take the superplex, but he's knocked off. And then Guerrero comes off the top with his frog splash for a three count in a pretty decent little match there. Um, I say this a lot on Nitro, but I would have liked them to have got five more minutes or see what they could do on pay-per-view. But this definitely was good for what it was. We then go to a um, ad for Saturday night, as is the standard at the time here with Nitro. Mattellas this week will see Lex Luger, Hugh Morris, Vincent Wall Street and Disco Inferno in what sounds like a pretty lame episode for once I'm not unhappy that I'm not seeing that and then we get a recap of Lex Luger injuring the Macho Man's arm with the help of the Dungeon of Doom stay on that because that's going to become a big angle coming into the end of this show and the next one from there we go to our next match which is Big Bubba Rogers up against Hawk um, and Bischoff talks about how Lex Luger left the WWF to come to WCW how do you know someone else isn't going to do it at World War 3 and win the title so a little bit of foreshadowing will someone turn up um, it could be a bit of bait so we'll see on the next episode if anyone from the WWF does turn up in that battle royal um, and we start the match with Hawk kicking a nice backdrop and a clothesline followed by a takedown and mounting Bubba for some good punches before Bubba gets up in the corner and drops a foreign object out of his pocket, which the referee and Hawk both have to pretend not to see. Commentary team try and do it as well, but Mongo can't help himself and says, Bubba dropped something out of his pocket, which Bischoff tries to act like he didn't see from there. A little bit awkward. After this, Hawk misses a fish drop. Um, Bubba gets some punches in and a clothesline, followed by the boss man slam for a two count. Um, but Hawk counters the patented boss man slide under the bottom rope and uppercut you with a punch of his own as Bubba hits the floor. Uh, there's a bit of a collision in the ring, they both go down, and Bubba avoids a top rope clothesline by then pulling the thing out of his pocket, and it turned out to be tape, tapes up his fist, and as he's winding up to punch, his feet are grabbed from the outside by Jim Duggan, who's run into the aisle, and Hawk pins him for the three in a really shit match with a really shit ending. Um, this is some typical mid-90s garbage being served up here by WCW. It had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Um, we'll chalk this one up and move on. Um, not quite bad enough to rate on the Hammerlock scale, but it's getting pretty close. From there, we go to our main event of the evening, which is going to see Sting facing Hulk Hogan in a rare Nitro match in also their first match against each other in WCW. So a pretty historic main event. He's a man, we can man. 
The match gets underway with Sting coming down the aisle, uh, followed by Macho Man coming out to Hogan's theme with his arm in a sling, but Hulk is nowhere to be seen. Hulk then sneaks through the crowd, comes up behind Sting, and instead of attacking, taps him on the shoulders to signify that he's playing mind games. Hulk has no moustache, so he looks like a bit of a tool, but that's okay, we'll get through it. Uh, Sting goes on the attack early doors anyway, and gets some really good cheers from the crowd for that. Um, attacks him, whips him into the corner, and comes off with a clothesline. Hogan fires back with a clothesline on his on his own to what appears to be booze, but we'll keep an eye on that. Sting hits a couple of nice drop kicks before Hulk Hogan rolls to the floor and hits a suplex of Sting on the floor. Eric Bischoff complains about the fact that they have to fight each other when they should be friends. Um, Sting comes back with a crossbody inside the ring. Hulk Hogan then whips out a drop toe hold, followed by an armbar. Um, and Bobby Heenan with a good line talking about Macho Man being a bit unhinged on the outside says Macho hasn't been to bed since 1963. That would explain a few things. Hulk Hogan then goes through his entire repertoire of wear down holds on Sting. Nothing much happening at all, just slows it down big time. Um, and the crowd all turn their heads towards sort of the, the top of, not the aisle, but the other side of, of the ring as though someone's coming out through the crowd, but sadly there isn't anyone coming out. Hulk Hogan has a headlock takedown inside the ring um, and just starts to go back on Sting, who begins to fight back a little bit, uh, goes for a stinger splash in the corner on Hogan, but Hogan actually catches him in a bear hug and then starts to beat down on Sting again with a series of wear downs. It's becoming a little bit one-sided. Um, comes off the ropes with a pretty crap running elbow, sort of like the Axe Bomber finish he would use in Japan, but he didn't really connect with it. Um, that gets him a two count. Hits a back suplex, which also gets him a two count, followed by a vertical suplex, which gets him a two count as well. Um, Sting finally starts to fight back, does get Hogan down and goes to put him in the Scorpion Deathlock, but Hulk Hogan immediately powers out, no cells, and begins to Hulk up. He puts the typical Hogan fight back routine on Sting, but when he goes for the big leg misses, Sting locks in the Scorpion Deathlock, but out come the Dungeon of Doom breaking up the finish. Uh, before we get to the aftermatch shenanigans here, Hulk is going to take my dick move of the week. If you put it to Hulk in the production meeting that he was going to hit his series of, of moves and his finish on Sting, and Sting was immediately going to pop up a no-sell, Hulk would laugh in your face. But here he is, basically knocking WCW's biggest baby face down a peg to make sure he's not on level footing with Hulk. So for that, you're going to pick up this week's dick move of the week, Hulk. Uh, Dungeon of Doom do come out, and they begin to attack Hulk and Sting, who fight back against them two on many before the giant comes out, grabs both of them in the goozle, but has it blocked uh, by Macho Man, who hits him with a chair. Uh, Macho Man, however, for his troubles, does get hit with a choke slam by a giant when Sting and Hulk don't save him in, uh, in return. Hulk and Sting then grab the chair and run it at, at Giant, sorry, almost like a double clothesline with the chair. It was a really weak looking spot. Um, giant gets knocked out, and as he goes to get back in the ring, the dungeon hold him back. We have a commercial break, and when we come back, um, we have Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Hart both going nuts at the announce booth, grabbing the headphones off them and whatnot, and ranting and raving about how they'll get their revenge at World War Three. before the commentary team sign off telling us to all buy World War Three, Don't worry, Eric, I'll be watching that, and we will have a review up for that in the next week or two. So that does it for WCW, a bit of a mixed bag of a show, this one. Um, let's go to Raw and see if the competition could beat this episode.
Raw begins with still shots of the Bret Hart and Diesel match with Vince McMahon voicing them over and talking about what a knockdown drag out affair it was at the Survivor Series. Before we go to our usual Raw intro, and when we come back, we've got the commentary team of Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler, who also recap the Kid and Razor Ramon feud so far. Ted DiBiase and the 1-2-3 Kid are shown hugging backstage, and then we go to our opening contest, which is Hakushi up against the 1-2-3 Kid, and a match that did have me pretty excited. Hakushi can really go when given the right opponent, and the same could be said for the Kid too, actually. When the match gets underway, we start off with a huge Razor Ramon chant from the crowd, um, and Razor Ramon is actually on the phone talking to Vince and Lawler, um, while Kid puts on a headlock and allows the match to go slow enough for people at home to concentrate on the phone call. Razor Ramon basically berates the kid and Ted DiBiase for everything they've done so far and uses the word mang about a hundred times, my favourite being when he talks to Vince and he calls him McMang. Um, but yeah, pretty standard Razor fare here, um, setting up a match between him and the kid later on. I have a good spot in the ring where the kid goes for one of his spinning heel kicks and Hakushi sort of commando rolls underneath it, which was pretty cool, and Hakushi hits a drop kick afterwards. Marty Jannetty comes running out, who the kid had been feuding with recently, including um, a bit of an altercation the night before at the Survivor Series, which we'll we'll discuss at the next episode, Uh, but the refs hold him off, and we go to a commercial break. When we come back, Kid's got Hakushi in the corner and hits his sort of what would become his signature kicks later on as X-Park, the two kicks to the ribs followed by the spinning heel kick, before putting him in what looked like it was going to be a neck breaker, but he actually holds it there in a sort of submission hold. And then goes for a spin kick but gets caught and in a smackdown one on the PlayStation move comes over with the other leg and a kick to the face. He puts on a headlock before Hakushi fights back with some throat thrust but misses a drop kick. Kid comes off with an elbow for a two count followed by a slam and a frog splash. A little bit of an awkward one but a frog splash for a two count uh, before Hakushi fights back on the charging kid with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Kushi hits some strikes, followed by the handspring, patented China elbow in the corner, and a forearm on the kid for a two count. Comes off the top rope with a shoulder block for a two count, nice move there. A backdrop and a kick to the chin, almost a super kick but a little bit different, before Kid bails out to the ring and Hakushi is knocked off the top rope by Ted DiBiase behind the referee's back. Kid gets back in, hits a nice looking spinning heel kick and gets a 1-2-3 in a pretty decent opening contest. Um, Crowd seem pretty into it, especially with the Kid heel turn being pretty fresh. We then go to a commercial break. When we come back, Jerry Lawler is with Ted DiBiase and the 1-2-3 Kid. cutting a bit of a promo on Marty Jannetty, who then comes back out and confronts them before Sid comes out and has their back and then pretty much just lamps Jannetty one and him and the kid put the boots to him. Um, we could smell a match coming here. I definitely think you're going to see Razor and Marty up against Kid and Sid if Marty stays around the company long enough. Um, definitely that's what it's being set up for. And then Sid, with a wicked spot, hits a powerbomb on the floor to Marty Jannetty. I wouldn't be taking that one. Uh, Sid gets on the mic and cuts a quick little promo telling everyone that he is the master and the ruler of the world. I did love Sid promos back in the day. Can't do it justice, but it always made me laugh. We go backstage to Doc Hendricks, Doc Hendricks even, in a really ugly looking sweater, who's selling the next In Your House pay-per-view, which he doesn't name at this point, talking about Bret Hart up against the British Bulldog as the main event. They show a little clip of SummerSlam 92 when they had their famous match at Wembley Stadium. 
We then throw to the Bulldog and Jim Cornette. Bulldog cuts a little bit of a promo on Bret Hart. Um, and then we go back to Doc, who says Diesel is here. And that lets us know as well at the pay-per-view, we'll see Triple H up against Henry Godwin in a hog pen match. So looking forward to that. Um, we go backstage and we see Big Daddy Cool and Shawn Michaels having a little bit of a chat. Don't hear what they're talking about. Before going to the next match, and it is Skip up against Savio Vega. Um, this is pretty much new generation 1995 awfulness if you would ask me sort of pick a match that you would not want to watch from that era this would be the kind of stuff i didn't have any time for skip um just found him boring i know he was popular in ecw but not for me and savio vega was one of the worst i can remember um before we get to the match thankfully we've got an advert and it is of course as always the world tour de force touring an american city near you um, and then we go to Barry Dodinsky at ringside selling his horrible looking denim jackets with wrestlers pictures on the back. Um, from the front, they don't look too bad with just sort of a bit of an iron on logo on one corner pocket, but on the back, a giant picture of the undertaker on your denim jacket. No, thank you. When the match finally does start, Savio Vega opens up with a clothesline before getting hit with an enziguri by Skip. And then Savio slingshots Skip um, and hits him with a crossbody. Um, sorry, Skip hits Savio with a crossbody for a one count. Savio hits a suplex, a backdrop, a clothesline in the corner and some chops. And then hip tosses Skip out of the corner, who takes a powder to the outside. And Diesel comes out to a huge pop from the crowd. Actually, I have to say, I popped a little bit there too. Um, Diesel coming out and cutting this match short is exactly the kind of thing I was hoping for. Um, on the outside, he just pie faces Skip and throws him to the floor, and I guess that's pretty much map, match over. Um, we'll sort of wait for Diesel to explain his actions, and I get a good look at what he's wearing, and he's a nightmare of fashion here. He's got sort of like a... Uh, a polo shirt with an ugly pattern on, something you'd sort of expect to see Charlie Sheen wearing, but he's also wearing a leather jacket, a baseball cap, blue jeans that the shirt's tucked into, dress shoes, and a fanny pack. So what an ensemble Diesel is wearing here. He is offensive to my fashion taste in so many ways. Um, he gets on the mic and he tells us this is the first time in a year he slept, and he woke up and he smiled for the first time. Cuts a little bit of a promo on Vince saying how when he won the title, they rushed him to Titan Tower and made him more corporate, made him smile, um, made him a new guy. And it was a lot like the promo Austin cut on Vince after WrestleMania 14 when he was wearing the suit. So it was interesting to see Diesel with that kind of fire here. It's actually a pretty good promo. You should check it out. I didn't have a video clip of it to put in here, but it's definitely worth a watch. Um, he then sort of says that Big Daddy Cool is back, puts on some sunglasses, um, and he says that he will still slap hands, but he'll only do it if you've got the black glove. He walks to the back, and we actually see him walk all the way up the ramp through the gorilla position, and he hugs Shawn Michaels before leaving the building. We get an ad for a Survivor Series encore, and I'm actually quite happy for this, because back in the day, they'd only show pictures of what had happened at the pay-per-view to encourage you to buy the encore, and that means they didn't really spoil much for me. I know who wins the title matches anyway. It is 20 years ago. Um, but none of the stuff that I might not remember has been shown for me here, so it means I can watch the next show with pretty open eyes. We go to our main event of the evening, and it's Owen Hart with Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette, up against Shawn Michaels. There's some good takedowns and reversals back and forth in the early going, with each of them getting several two counts. Um, you know the like with the pinning spots, it's pretty good. Once we get to the move, Shawn hits a couple of arm drags, followed by a backdrop and a drop kick, and Owen Hart takes a powder. When he comes back in, Sean goes all over his arm, hits a nice Hurricane Rana and stays mounted for the punches, which is another Shawn Michaels move from the WWF Attitude game, if you remember that one. Um, 
video games definitely coming up in my future. I've got a big video game um, session planned and possibly a review when I head to the UK in a couple of weeks and we're going to go retro wrestling all the way. After that, though, Owen does get back on the offense with a clothesline to Sean over the top. And while Sean's on the outside, he hits a nice-looking baseball slide, while Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon massively foreshadow what's to come, talking about how Sean, he's, he, Jerry says he must be stupid because he always wants to do the best for his fans, even when he's hurt and when he shouldn't. And Vince goes back to talking about Syracuse and the nine thugs that beat him up and how he had a concussion, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're really sort of letting you know what's to come here. Owen hits a sick looking German suplex on Sean for a two count and then a backbreaker and a vertical suplex for a two count before locking in a chin lock, chin lock signaling it's time for a commercial break. When we come back Owen hits a heel kick and then Sean wraps him up with a backslide for a two count but Owen Hart clotheslines him, Owen goes back into control before Sean reverses a superplex off the top with a crossbody for a two count. Hits a forearm, as Vince tells us next week, we'll see Kummer up against The Undertaker. Uh, that should be okay. And Sean goes back on the offense for a little while, including his top rope elbow, which I always love for a two count, and a huge enziguri by Owen, which is the spot where I always thought this match ended, but it doesn't. It makes a sickening noise. That was a really good enziguri. Goes for a sharpshooter, but Sean reverses with an eye rake. And then clotheslines Owen over the top, going with him, but skinning the cat and coming back in before grab, grabbing a hold of his head and just collapsing to the mat. While Earl Hebner sort of has a bit of a look at him, wondering what's going on, tries kicking him a little bit, which doesn't help. And we pretty much end the show here. Well, not end the show, but we go into some sort of sell from the commentators about what's going to happen to Sean. So yeah, that's pretty much how we end the show with Sean collapsed and everyone worried about his safety. It's sort of sold like a real injury where they don't do a storyline update or anything like that. Um, but this is a big part of the Shawn Michaels um, issues of the mid-90s. Um, this is the kind of thing that he would pull. Obviously, he didn't have a title to drop at the time, but this sort of coming in and out of the company, um, injuries that never really sort of 
panned out to be major injuries, um, not dropping titles. It's all part of the Shawn Michaels folklore. And it's interesting going through this period of time because I've always... Um, it wasn't until I really got into reading about wrestling and the internet and things in the early 2000s that I understood what Shawn Michaels was doing during this time. Um, not having access to weekly TV in the mid-90s, I didn't see a lot of this stuff and really understand much about the dropping of the titles anyway. Um, so it was very interesting to go back and review and see all the shit he got away with. And Vince must have loved him to keep putting up with it year after year after year. Um, but that's a story to keep going on with the narr narrative as we go here. Um, that'll do it for the two shows anyway. So as per usual, it's time to go and pick ourselves a winner. production value on this one I'm going to go with WCW um, we're back to sort of the smoky raw arena with not much going on and WCW does look pretty slick um, the cuts in and out were good the only real knock on WCW is I'm not a big fan of the ending at the announce booth which is something they tend to do but they were hyping a pay-per-view so I won't let that change and um, Raw obviously ended with pretty well dead air um, with Shawn Michaels in the ring so it's not much better but the WCW one at least was advancing something that we could buy rather than what might turn out to be a storyline later with Sean. Um, Storylines, I'm going to go with the WWF because whilst I didn't particularly enjoy the ending to the show, the Shawn Michaels concussion is something that um, has been a major talking point up until this day. Also, they advanced Razor and the Kid and um, Diesel's sort of fresh turn as well. Characters, again, I'm going to go with the WWF, despite the fact that they didn't have their new champion on the show or The Undertaker. Um, they did just have the more realistic characters for the most part. Um, Diesel felt like a real change of personality here and one for the better. Um, Sean and Owen are big-time stars as well, and mostly because they don't have the Dungeon of Doom and the light coming out, or midnight... You know, in the mid-90s, having old 80s wrestlers as focal points of their show, a la Jim Duggan, Hawk, and Big Bubba Rogers... Uh, crowd, I'm actually going to go with WCW. Even though they didn't go the way WCW wanted them to, they had to know there was a risk of this whole Hulk Hogan pretending to be a heel um, while being a babyface stuff would backfire, especially up against Sting, a franchise name. Um, so that was a, an interesting way for the crowd to go, but they were hotter throughout, especially during the Guerrero, Pillman, Flair stuff as well. Which takes us to our deciding category for the night, which is going to be match quality. Um, and we're going with the WWF just barely. You're talking 1.5 good matches up against one. The 0.5 being Sean and Owen because it didn't really build to a proper finish. Um, but WCW had Pillman and Guerrero, which I would have liked to have seen go for longer. WWF had the Kid and Hakushi, which I would have liked to have seen go for longer. Outside of that, there was nothing good wrestling-wise on either of these two shows. They were both pretty awful, to be honest. So in a pretty close call, sort of two and a half here to two, WWF is going to take out the win for the week and go against the ratings, which is becoming a little bit of a theme. It seems shows would get have a good show, get good ratings the next week and deliver something pretty awful and people would go back and forth. So interesting and to see if that goes on as we are. Uh, next up, we're going to be looking at World War Three up against the Survivor Series. So that will be a longer show. Very much looking forward to watching both of those pay-per-views. If my network can survive, it's been pretty rough the last couple of weeks. As always, you can find us on 4CR, on Twitter, and on Facebook. I would encourage people, if you are on Facebook, to give the page a like. It's still pretty small, and we will use it more once we get the user base up. Um, <coughs> if you're a listener and you've not in interacted with us on Facebook or Twitter yet, please do come and give us a yell on either of those platforms. Um, the listener count's definitely going up, but 
it's sort of like a numbers in the dark to me at this point in time. So if you have been listening regularly, please do get in touch, even if just to say that you listen and, you know, give me the feedback that you are someone that downloads regularly. It'd be great to hear from you. Um, also, a couple of people have given me some constructive feedback on the shows, which for those people that know has been taken on board and little subtle changes has been made as we've gone along. So I do really appreciate any good, bad, negative, anything really just to know that people are listening. Um, please get in touch, give us a yell, let us know. Or if you can as well and you haven't done yet, a five-star review on iTunes helps get the show seen by more people. So it's been a little while since we had one of those. If someone out there wants to do so, that would be amazing. And as, as I said last time, hope you enjoyed the show with Richie on last time around. We're going to hook up and get on for a pay-per-view show in the near future, as well as I'm going to look to get a couple of other people on the show in the near future as well, some long-time listeners, um, anyone else that does feel like being part and they think they've got a show that they could add some comments to, please let me know as well. Um, this is sort of a little bit of an open platform. If you're listening and you're wanting to get involved, we'll find a way to make that happen. Um, other than that, that's it for me. So thank you all for listening once again, and I will talk to you all soon. Since young, I ate paint chips. The red moolah, prepare mics for maintenance. I battle you, then me and meth exchange ships. For money to your house, arrest ain't lit. I take it all. If not, here's a thousand. Bricks, we shootin' fair ones with bell bondsmen. I'm constant on the paper chase. Blow zip codes from bricks to 818. Doc served to you, lickin' the plate. Battle for you in the ring, I'm smoking like Doc out of oil. Fire fall through the roof of your apartment. Hit 95, then I hide with the Waltons. Down south, the 44 filler. I'm a dolo nigga, you a polo nigga. I'm a uptown shopper, you a Soho nigga. Westside Highway running homo nigga. I'm the Sultan of the ghetto, the homicidal aficionado. I empty niggas out like Chris Dow bottles. When I battle, I'm breaking Bentleys down the gravel. I got the heat right here, we ain't got to travel. I'm bigger than producers, I figured out your losers. I know my longevity confuse ya. Big paper games, come on, run into these flames. Recognize the power of the Royal King James. Phantom Menace, that's why niggas make faces like they drinking Guinness When they realize I'm not finished I've been paid, been platinum, been spitting Been eating, been balling, and you know I'm shitting Platinum links, chinky-eyed blonde hair honeys Sipping rainbow-colored drinks Black thugs and white minks, ready to jack the brinks Been your little wifey over, help us stretch out the kinks That's why your niggas freeze when I step up in the building The Godfather's here, giving blessings to his children Carriage, shine, the world all mine Can't believe these cats popping shit about paper in their or bodies they collect, black gotti shot text. Them gangster visions I have your ass up in an amulet. Cats ain't live. Look up in my eyes, we could do this one more time. I let you decide. The Alice ain't swigger. I clock 12 niggas. Think Giuliani rough. I got some real shit for niggas. Never been defeated. Niggas retreated. Made the choice to be seated till my mission's completed. Get loose, get loose. Method man, get loose. What the world gon' do when my dogs get loose? Blaze one. Blaze one. Blaze one. Blaze one. Blaze. Blaze. Blaze one. Yeah. Oh,
Corners for a season, forum seeds with four reasons to bring this game to its knees. And while you down there, suck my dick. My whole motto is fuck it. Hit the smoke shop and blow my budget. MCs abusing my bitch, using my shit. I'm hanging off the roof with one hand, losing my grip. Now y'all don't wanna see me do that. Now do you go straight cuckoo and terrorize rap? Do you? I do my best work, stressed out and under pressure. Deep inside the mind, where you find my buried treasure. I'm still wild, still to cow, still gritty style, still foul. Criminal in my now, individual. Sing a song of sixpence, pocket full of chips Too many rap niggas be on John Gotti deck Now this is something that we don't rehearse Put that rap shit second and hip hop first Easy, ain't near niggas spitting like me No the murderers, motherfucking INC Niggas are past me, look me in the face, ask me Are y'all really holding weight or did somebody ask me? Jaw the myth, Reggie hand me the fifth Let me explain a little man, maybe give him a lift Son, you riding with gangsta Amongst a whole lot of other shit, murdering is the click Niggas can't deal with Try it. You gon' get yours to the heart. Lesson in life by the four four. Niggas want more than a little bit. Hot shit, LL and red. Child rule with hot dick. I'm the bastard that shits on bitches. Explain this. When they ride dick so well. Head game from hell with a love making them yell. My name, rule baby. And ain't shit gon' change. Sit down.